Welcome to this week's Indigenomics, Her Many Voices Foundation, Indigenomics, Proper Protection. This is week seven out of our 11-week series on how on Financial Literacy 101. We are going to be talking specifically about the main feature when it comes to building a proper financial foundation, and that is protection. And so, I am going to, um, for those who may not know me by now, I am Miss Tammy. I am the financial educator working with Her Many Voices. And uh, we've been bringing this to you for the last seven weeks. This is the seventh one. And we're going to be talking about protection. So let me share my screen so that you have, you see exactly what I am sharing with you. I would love to see if I'm good to go, if, uh, you can see my very first slide. I uh, hope you do see it. It talks about proper protection. And on the right, it says income protection insurance, which is what we are going to be focused on. And if we have to bring the conversation to what today is about, we have to remember that a proper financial future is built on protection. That is the foundation that we are all standing on. And so we are going to dive a little deeper into what exactly does that mean. And income protection is the same as proper protection is the same as life insurance. They are synonymous with one another. And so we're going to talk about it in the way that makes sense to you. So let's go ahead and continue. I've just got to make sure that everybody is seeing this and that there are no glitches. You can hear me properly. And, uh, and let's go. So in order for us to understand protection the way that we need to understand it, let's have a little brief review on life insurance, on insurance period. Uh, in 1752, Benjamin Franklin established the very first insurance company, mainly focused on fires. Okay. In the 1700s, the biggest threat to someone's livelihood, to, to the assets that we possess was fire. Okay, a lot of fires, and you can imagine, we didn't have electricity, so a lot of things were, light was being uh, produced, or we were furnishing it by lighting candles all over the place, which, as you know, to today, that could still be the cause of a lot of fires because of, you know, uh, the candles. So that was the main threat to someone's livelihood in the 1700s. So Benjamin Franklin established the very first in 1752. In 1757, uh, I'm sorry, 1759, the very first life insurance company was established. It was called Presbyterian Ministers Fund. Okay, it was there to protect the livelihood, the life of someone who died unexpectedly. Soon after the Industrial Revolution began, and so we have businesses now needing protection as well as their workers needed disability insurance. So insurance comes about as we evolve and there becomes a need for something to be protected. So hence in 1897, we have the very first automobile insurance issued by Travelers Insurance, okay? So 
the life of insurance is evolves as we begin or we go through life and we find a need to protect an asset that we cannot do without. And we may not have the money to replace if in fact we lose it. So that is the gist of what insurance is. And since we talked about the game that we are all playing, being a team sport with players on the field, we know what that means, that there's an opportunity for injuries to occur when you're playing a team sport and there are several people on the field. And that's what you're playing when you're talking about money. You're playing a team sport with your money. And so you need to make sure that you are protected from any kind of injury that may occur or being completely eliminated from the games because, you know, uh, the worst nightmare occurs where you die too soon. Okay. So that is why we're going to be talking about uh, income protection as another way of saying life insurance. And before we really get into this, we have to understand the three institutions that we will find our money in. And since it's sometimes called income protection, you have to understand the institution that we find our money in and how they work. The very first one we have is banking institution. It is a $14.4 trillion business. And we talked about the four cornerstones that every financial product should have. And one of them is safety. And we can see here in banking that we do have that cornerstone in, in, in banking. We do have uh, liquidity, but we do not have high returns. So, so far, banking has one out of the four cornerstones, okay? Next is investment firms. Investment firms is a $49.6 trillion plus business. It has potential for high returns. That's another name for growth. So, so there, there it is. We see that investment firms have one of the cornerstones, but it does not offer guarantees, which means it does not have safety, okay? So it does offer one of the cornerstones, just like banking offers one of the cornerstones, but it does not offer more than that. Now let's look at insurance companies. Insurance companies is a 5.5 trillion plus business industry, and it provides several things. It provides guarantees. That's another word for safety. So it has the safety that is offered by the banks. You find it in insurance companies. It has tax advantage. Now, remember, that is also another cornerstone that we have to look for when we're putting money in these institutions. And it offers protection. So far, insurance companies has three out of the four cornerstones that we look for when we're putting money away. What is missing? Anyone? The last one that is missing is growth. We do not see growth here. Does not mean that insurance products do not offer growth. But these are the main features of these institutions. Banking, main feature is safety. We know our money is safe. Investments, we know that it's all about the high returns. In insurance companies, it's about protection. The key to building a proper financial foundation is standing on protection, standing on that, which is why the arrow is pointing to this very circle because it is the key to our future. And if we are familiar with this, this diagram, the Venn diagram, where we know we have three different um, institutions, 
to, to three different entities and they all meet or they have something in common. And that is this little green square we see in front right here. There is something here that has the safety of banks, the potential for high returns of investment firms, and it has the protection of insurance and even tax advantage. So there is something here. I'm going to leave that to be the last thing we talk about, and we're not going to go in depth when we do talk about it, but we are going to introduce what exactly falls within this diagram. And here we are to the left of it, trying to manage, trying to surf within this ocean of institutions and how to navigate, how to really stay afloat, okay? It's a big risk we're taking, which is why we need protection. Every step of the way, we need to make sure we are protected and not we do not go under. So there's three financial institutions, banking, investment, and insurance. One, there's one feature. There's, I should say, there's one product that has all three institutions. The best features of all three institutions is found within it. But we're going to discuss what that is in a little while. So what else is there? Now let's begin to say income protection. We told you that income protection is the same as life insurance, it's the same as proper protection. Life insurance with living benefits. Most of us are familiar with life insurance with death benefits. If something happens and we happen to die too soon, which is this diagram, this little puzzle piece that you're looking right here, there are three concerns that we have to have at all times while we are playing this game and we're learning the rules and staying on top of all the changes that occur. We have to worry about if we die too soon, what happens to our family and the plans we set for our children. That is one of the uh, puzzle pieces that we have, to be, uh, we have to worry about. The second puzzle piece we have to worry about is what happens if we live too long? We talked about understanding if you have enough income or if you will receive enough income during your retirement. Do you know what that would look like? And if you have a number in mind, what your retirement income should, should be, are you on track to achieving that? Because we do not know exactly how long we will be on this earth. So if we live too long, we need to have income to sustain us throughout our journey. But the third puzzle piece, which is the one that's often overlooked, and that is if we become ill, okay? Now, Every day we wake up, first we have to say thank you. We have to be grateful for seeing another beautiful day. But we know that the first step we take, we are putting our life at risk. Anything can occur to us because we are not promised the next hour, let alone are we promised the next day. So anything can occur to us as we go about our daily lives. Okay, Injuries occur in your home. You do not have to step outside of the home to find yourself injured badly, right? So we have to make sure that we're protected from it. And the reason becoming ill is the most important thing we need to focus on is because most of us have overlooked it. And when you look at some of the statistics that you see here, where a stroke occurs every 40 seconds in the US, since I've been on this slide alone, we have probably, there's been probably five to six strokes have occurred already. Every 40 seconds, a stroke occurs in the US. And I'm not even speaking around the world, okay? And the strokes could be mild, 
They could be moderate. They could be severe. We do not know. Another statistics we have to worry about is that six in 10 Americans live with at least one chronic disease. That is pretty high. In a room of 10 folks, six of us will live with at least one chronic illness as we get older. And sometimes it happens when we're younger. It doesn't have, we doesn't wait till we're in our 60s or 70s. It could be an injury. As I said, we step out, we are subject to, you know, the unexpected. So it could be a simple injury that has limited our ability to do certain, certain things for ourselves. So that's the chronic disease that we have to look out for. Six out of 10 Americans will fall into that. Approximately 38.4% of men and women develop cancer in their lifetime. That's a pretty high number. Again, out of 10 folks in a room, close to four of us will discover that we have developed cancer during our lifetime, okay? And the number one reason households file for personal bankruptcy is due to medical debt. So there is a reason, there is a need for us to have life insurance with living benefits, not just death benefit, which is what most of us are familiar with. And in order for us to do that, we have to put it under another umbrella called income protection. We have to protect that income to supply us with the, with the resources that we need when the time comes. As you see the picture, whatever we, we, we sow, we plant, we have to protect from all outside circumstances. And that's what we have to do with ourselves because we are the biggest assets that we would have to protect in our lifetime. So what else is there? The human life value score. How do you determine what type of life insurance or how much life insurance do you need? Most of us have heard of the credit score, but few of us have actually heard of the human life value score. We all have it. It's a number that goes with us starting from the time that we are two weeks old, okay? The first two weeks, you do not have a score yet. But after two weeks, that score gets attached to you and it begins to grow. And what makes up that score? Your age, your health, and your income. And if you're two weeks old, obviously you do not have an income. Your parents' income is substituted for yours. They have to give two weeks before they can start calculating that value because unfortunately we know that there are some kids born healthy, but within a week or two, they've discovered that they have a degenerative uh, illness that can make it very difficult for them for the rest of their lives, where they become dependent on their families to take care of them, a special needs child. So usually those things are discovered within two weeks. And if you've survived those two weeks without any of those discoveries, then the life insurance can start being calculated in terms of what's your human life value score. Okay, and that score for, as a rule of thumb is calculated based on if your child on your parents value, but for the parent, how do we calculate that, that score? Their age, their, their health, if they're healthy, they'll get even a better rating and their income. So if you wanna take an example of someone who's making $10,000 a year, the rule of thumb is you time the income by 10, which gives you $100,000. So the human life value score for this particular individual is $100,000, okay? They calculate that if something were to happen to you, 
where you were to die too soon, you would want at least 10 years of your income to continue to go to your family. Okay. But if you're a young family, a newlyweds, just beginning your lives, and you have, you know, young children, newborns, 10 years may not be sufficient for you to guarantee that your income continues to go to your family. So you might decide to do the times 20 as opposed to times 10. The rule of thumb says times 10. But as you begin to understand how this works, you know that you are in control of how much income you will protect and for how long. So you can protect it for 10 years. You can protect it for 20, 30, 40. Okay. There is a certain limit, but you have a range that you can protect your income. And that's how the human life value score is determined. So if you make $50,000, 10 times that is 500,000. If you want to protect it for 20 years, then you will need a million dollar policy. And that is the number that the insurance companies will offer you, will guarantee to protect you as long as your health is good enough for that. Okay. So the human life value score is the score I want you to start thinking about almost as often as you think about your credit score, because that is the one that benefits your family more than anything is your human life value score. And protecting that score is where the protection feature comes in at. That's why it's important to protect the score that you have so that your family's future, the ones that you've sat down and you've planned happens, okay? Unless, in case you are injured, that can continue to happen. You do not have to settle for less. Your dreams, your goals can continue to be accomplished. So that's the human life value score. Now, exactly why does someone need life insurance? Well, why do you need insurance on a car? Why do you put insurance on your house? Why do you put insurance on your phone? Why do you put insurance on your flat screen TVs? Why do you put insurance on anything at all? Because today you can put insurance on a blender. You can put insurance on just about anything that you've purchased that you do not want to spend the same amount of money to be placed in case of an injury, in case of a loss. Okay. So you need insurance because you have learned to put insurance on just about everything else in life. Maybe, because I'm not sure if some of us have, if any of us, if all of us understand life insurance as one of those, those insurances that we need to put on ourselves before we start doing anything. Because all these other things that I mentioned cannot happen unless you are protected. You are the biggest asset. Okay, you are the one that brings in the money. You are the one that brings in the income. So if you no longer have an income, the car insurance is not paid, the house insurance is not paid, the, the phone insurance is not paid, and so on and so forth. Okay. And while you are on this, while you are on the field, being team captain, right? Running through the field with your team to the finish line, what if something happens to you? What if you get injured and you are no longer part of the game, completely have been removed? You need to make sure that the benefits of a life insurance policy can support your surviving family members in case you are no longer part of the game. But what if you've gotten injured? You're still here, but you can no longer be on the field. Who will cover the expenses like education and mortgage if you are not bringing in an income? Who will replace the daily expenses? The bills does, does not stop. 
right? You still have to worry about utility. You still have to worry about food. You still have to worry about rent or mortgage. You still have to worry about everything that you know your family depends on you for. There comes a time we all have to worry about final expenses. Life insurance plays a role. We are young. We have aging parents. And now the, 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 the role has switched. Our parents took care of us as we were growing up. And when they become elders and they are now struggling with maybe some illnesses, it is our job. It becomes our duty to step up and start supporting our aging parents. Okay? You know you have to support your spouse. If you've made that decision to join and grow together, your spouse will depend, will, de will need your income to, to survive. If you're not there, or even if you're injured and can no longer go to work, short time, it doesn't have to be long-term. You could be out of work for six months due to an injury. There's different reasons why we are out of work, okay? A lot of us do not protect ourselves from injuries because we think health insurance will do the job. Health insurance is there to pay the doctors once you've been injured or the hospital, if you need to stay at a hospital for treatment. That's what health insurance pays. But if you have an injury that requires that you go back home to recoup for three months, six months, may even take a year before you can get back on your own two feet, who will continue to pay the cost of the living expenses if you are not bringing in an income, okay? And you may even use life insurance benefits to provide funds for a charitable country, for, for charities, okay? Um, so there's many, many reasons, many uses for life insurance benefits. And this is just a small portion of the expense or, or, or the need of what it can be used for. You know, if you have children with uh, disabilities. Again, you need to make sure you have something in case you are not there to take care of your own child with, with, who has any kind of disability. You need to step in that. Somebody needs to step in with the resources to do what you were doing and you no longer can do because you're not with us. Okay. So everyone needs life insurance because we have insurance for just about everything else that we own and we value in life because we understood that Loss is so much more harder to deal with when, when you face it, but how hard is it to get back to where you started when you first lose? It takes a lifetime at times to get there, okay? Understanding loss is key. You cannot, I don't know if you saw that, you cannot, you cannot gain back where you started if you do not protect yourself from loss. Sometimes it takes a while for you to get back to that. So that's what life insurance does above all. It protects you from having to start from scratch, which we don't have time to do that. We don't have the funds to do that. Okay. So that is why we need life insurance. Now, we talked about the different cycles that we are all on. If you recall, on the very first session of our literacy course, we talked about the life cycle that begins at birth. We go through phases of being educated and birth for us is single because we are single from the time we're born until we decide to join and become two. And that's where we move into the newlywed category, right? And soon after that, we move into the established family. And between these two, actually between all three empty nesters, after everyone has grown up, 
Your mortgages are pretty much non-existent. You have done your duty in that cycle of being responsible for your journey. Okay. We have to worry about the final, which is the final expense, passing on your legacy, passing on your assets to the next generation. That cycle is the one that we are all on. And the life insurance goes with us every single phase. There are different needs, but it's the same product that we can use to protect our biggest asset, us, our ability to go out and make some money to, to, um, to support our family and our goals and our dreams. Okay. I think if you want to have a review of the life cycle, we didn't talk about it much. We didn't, we are barely touched on it, but it does explain the cycle that we are on. And you have to decide as you watch this, where are you in the cycle? Are you still in a single phase? Are you newly, are you newly married? Do you have an established family? Are you about to become an em empty nesters? And for those who do not recognize or do not understand what empty nesters mean, means your kids are grown, your responsibilities have dwindled. It's now about you and your retirement. Okay, so that is the phases that life insurance plays a role in. Okay, and that human life value score continues to grow as you grow because most of us earn more and more income as we get older, as we move from one job to another, one career to another, establish businesses. So our human life value score does is not stay at one number. It can become up to, it can become millions, millions and millions and millions of dollars. It does not stay static. Okay. You just have to learn how to calculate what that new score is so that you know what your value is to your family. All right. So now there it is. Let's take a closer look at how life insurance can help families during these stages. You're wondering, okay, a lot of us don't think that as a single person, we need insurance. Well, we just talked about how important it is that if you get injured, you have an income that comes to you to take care of your expenses just in case, okay? And as a single individual, it does not mean that you do not have someone who is counting on you, okay? You might have a, a, a younger sibling that you've been taking care of. You might have aging parents that you're taking care of. You have you. The first and foremost who depends on your income above all is you. You are counting on that income. You have calculated for it. You know every week, every month, this is what you get every year, and you've planned accordingly. And so you do not need for a monkey wrench to be thrown into the mix while you are trying to grow, while you're trying to build your life. So as a single individual, don't believe the hype that you do not and you don't have anything. To, to ensure because you don't have anyone counting on you. We do not live in a, in a bubble, okay? Everyone counts on us. We have family members, we have friends, we have a whole host of people who are depending on us. And the other thing about life insurance, when you come to understand how it works, is that during the single years, from kids, from your two weeks to your, you know, today, to your 20s, early 20s, if you will, if you wait long enough before you get married, okay, this is the years that you can obtain a policy for very little cost. Why? As you remembered, age and health is one of the key factors that determines your income protection value, your human life value score. 
You're not going to be younger than you are today. Okay. If you are in your twenties, you are the youngest. If you're in your teens, even younger, you are probably in the best health possible. Okay. As you get older, you know that we start to develop certain illnesses, certain diseases. We start to get affected by life. And so our health begins to deteriorate as we get older. So it's in our interest to begin this process while we're young and extremely, extremely healthy. Okay. You all know you're healthier than when you were in your teens and you're in your adults and you're in your older years. Okay. So we remember that this is the time to actually get insurance because of your youth and your health rating. As you move on and you become engaged in the world and you start, you fall in love and you become newlyweds, you and your partner now are building a life together. You now are accumulating certain debts. You probably have a mortgage. Without your income, your partner may not survive or may not continue the lifestyle that you have envisioned for each other. You are counting on each other to bring in your respective income into the pot so that you can create the life that you wanted, right? And then you have um, children that you will be having shortly that is going to determine how much more insurance you will need to cover yourself. The established family. Life cycle does not stop. It begins with you being a child. It goes through the phases of teenage. You become a young adult. You fall in love. You get married. The responsibilities simply increase. Now, when you have, a, when you have children and they are counting on you, both of you, in today's society, you need practically two incomes to survive, to have a comfortable life. Okay, and that income matters. Exactly what that income is matters. But we know it's difficult to make it with just one. That if we have two, we can pretty much manage the, the unexpected as they come. But what happens if one of you are no longer here and you have young minor children that you have to, you're responsible for. You're responsible for their education. We talked about that. You're responsible for their future needs. So you have to be responsible for what they need, what they're going to come asking for, what you know is waiting for you. And that's part of how life insurance plays a role. It protects you from all of the unexpected. Life continues. You've made a wonderful, um, you've had a wonderful journey. There's been no incidents while you were raising your children. You've put money in the right places. You've found out that there are three institutions to put money in and you've placed enough in each, okay? Because they all play a role. And so you've done it well. You have survived. You have gone through without any real injury, any real mishaps, but now you become empty nesters, okay? You have to now worry about your retirement. You have to worry about how you are going to survive once you become or as you go through that journey and you are no longer responsible for your kids, you are no longer responsible for a mortgage, you've had, uh, you've been paying that mortgage enough that you've decreased the mortgage so that now you don't have those worries anymore. But you do have a plan for your future retirement and you do have to worry about are you going to have enough to have that retirement that you envision? And if in fact something happens to one of you 
will your spouse, will the one left behind have enough to go through life the way you've envisioned it? Will they have a comfortable life or will they have to move in with one of their children if that's the if that's what's left, if that's the only option that they have? What are the options that you are creating for yourself and for your family in case you are no longer there? Okay. Empty nesters have a lot to be responsible for. A lot of times their mortgage are not paid. A lot of times they may still have children living at home, especially in today's society. It is not what it was back in the 1950s when there was a lot of where you knew your children became of age. They went out on their own and they never came back. Today, a lot of them are coming back. So you as an empty nester probably will not be an empty nester. You probably will be opening your doors to all the family members that need your assistance. So you still have a lot of responsibility on your shoulders, which requires that you have the protection in case it's always because in case something happens to you and you are, you need to be protected for that. And when you finally reach the retirement that you wanted and you are now just enjoying life, what did we talk about? The number one reason for filing for bankruptcy is due to medical uh, debt, which usually happens when we get into that phase between the empty nesters and the retirement age and so on is when we begin to develop the illnesses, the chronic illnesses, the critical injuries, the critical illness, the terminal injuries, okay? That is when we begin to experience these things. And so we have to make sure that we have the funds available to maintain our livelihood so that we do not have to go in anyone's nursing home. Why should we? We have a perfectly beautiful home that we've built together. We want to stay at our homes. Well, it's going to require maybe some renovations for you to do that. It's going to require that you put in a ramp. It's going to require that you open up the space. You move in from one room to another and make it accessible to you, right? So all those things is your responsibility. No one will figure it out for you. So as you approach your retirement age, you need to worry about this as well, okay? And life insurance is the one product that will follow you along your cycle. In each cycle, it plays a different role. The ultimate role that it plays is that it protects your income, without a doubt. But why is it protecting the income? For what purpose? For the mortgage, for the education, for the retirement? There are so many different reasons for illnesses. That, that retirement or, or that income needs to be protected. And so life insurance is key. And what we like to say when we talk about life insurance is income protection. It makes more sense to look at it as an income that you're protecting, okay? Your livelihood is what you're protecting. So uh, we're now going to move to what types of life insurance are there? What are they? There are two types. They only fall into two different categories. They either fall into term which is also known as temporary or permanent policies. Term life insurance or permanent life insurance. Now, that's it. Term policies expire. That's why the, the word term, if you find term in the, in the name of the life insurance. It has a certain number of years that it will provide that protection. You know how you go out from, you know, take Walmart, take Costco, take 
you know, BJ's, you name it. You go purchase something and they will ask, do you want insurance for a year or do you want insurance for three years? And you know, after the three years, if that's what you chose and it breaks, you, you know, you're on your own. It's limited for a specific term. Life insurance works the same way, okay? There are term policies that are limited and then you turn around and you find permanent policies that goes with you for your entire life. When you compare the two, the temporary one, the term policies are less expensive versus the permanent policies because they offer different features. And we're going to discuss what those features are in a little bit. And the other way to always look at life insurance is to look at, are you renting it or are you owning it? And for all of us who have property, who understand the value of ownership, we can understand the same, it works the same with life insurance. You can own your own policy or you can lease your own policy. And leasing your own policy, there is a need, there is a time for that, okay? If you are a young couple making very little, maybe making even under pretty much um, the, what do you call that wage? I'm, I'm, I'm spacing it, uh, somebody, you know, I'm talking about minimum wage, right? If that's what you are earning, you may not be able to uh, afford a permanent policy that's going to cost a little bit more. But you have children who are depending on you. You know if something happens to you, your children will be left out. And so you have no choice but to put a permanent, a, term, a temporary policy in place just in case. It could be for 10 years, you know, if your children are just... 10 more years before, you know, they become adults. You can choose to put one for 10 years. You can choose to put one for 20 years. You can choose to put one, which is 30 years, and that is the max, okay? So term policies begin with five to 10 and goes as high as 30 years. But after 30 years, there's no more. And then the permanent policy offers so much more, and we're going to discuss it a little bit next. Now, Term insurance policies, we talked about it's, it's the least expensive of all the life insurance policies you can get because it simply provides a death benefit, nothing else, okay? There is no cash value in term policies, meaning that you cannot borrow from it. You yourself, while the policy is on you, you have no access to the money or the death benefit. Your beneficiaries will have that benefit. Okay, but that's only if you've survived the term, which to me could be seen as you betting against yourself when you offer or when you only focus on purchasing a term policy. And maybe you can afford a little bit more, but you're thinking you're getting away with paying less for something, not realizing that you're pretty much betting against yourself. Because if you have young children and you are expecting them to have the life that you envision, and you something happens to you and you do not have term policy at least to cover their future expenses or you have a term policy but it only lasts for 10 years then you're hoping that you die within those 10 years in order for your family to benefit from the money you've been putting towards that policy and if it's a 30 year policy then you're betting that you will die that you will die within those 30 years in order for your family to benefit from that funds, from that money you've been putting in. And that's not what you're trying to do, okay? And if you're in your 20s, when you open your very first policy and it's a term policy, 
in your 50s, that policy would expire. Now, you can always renew it, okay? Usually renewable, it's usually renewable one time after it expires, okay? But guess what? You now are not as young as you were when you first got it. You might have developed a few illnesses that can make you, that can disqualify you, period, from opening another one, okay? So you're taking a lot of chances, only when you're just about to reach the age that you will need it most in your 50s because the term of the policy was 30. That's the maximum, okay? They might come out in the future with a 40-year term. Who knows? Because we're living much longer these days. So they might introduce one in the future that covers us for 40 years. But again, to do that is to bet against yourself that you would have to die within those 40 years or those 30 years in order for your family to benefit from what you're leaving behind. And that is not the purpose of life insurance, if you understand it. It works best when you can't afford anything else, but you need to protect yourself and your family. Then I do recommend term policies for that. But it has to be transferred into a whole life policy at some point. Okay, term policies can be converted into whole life policies, provided you, you purchase the proper insurance, because there are some term policies that do not have that conversion right. So once you got it, once you get a term policy, that's it. You cannot convert it into a permanent policy. But the goal is if you have to purchase a temporary policy, a term life policy, you make sure that it has that conversion right. So that when the time is right, when you start making more money, when you can afford to have a permanent policy that will go with you for the rest of your life, okay, you can now convert it to that policy. So term policies are inexpensive. You can't use it while you're alive. Only your family will get it, but you would have to pass during a certain period. And that's not fun, right? So now we've introduced, or the industry introduced, whole life policies, because people begin to have a problem with the fact that they reached a certain age and they no longer had coverage. They no longer had protection. And what happens is that they want the protection. They realize they still need the protection, but their health is no longer, uh, they're no longer healthy enough to open another term policy. They are being rejected outright. The companies are rejecting them. You've been denied. And so they began to feel that they were cheated after paying a certain premium every month, contributing to this policy every month for 20, 30 years to find that you can no longer afford to continue it, even if you want to and you know you need to because of your health. So they introduced the whole life that says that once you obtain it, it will go with you throughout your life. So now, if you've become injured, if you have developed an illness, it's going to be irrelevant because the policy, as long as you make your payments, regular payments, that policy will, will go with you for the rest of your life. And back then, when whole life policies was first introduced, maturity was up to age 100. So we were living, well, not easily, today we are, but they saw us living up to age 100 as being our maturity date, right? Now, we are, now they're seeing the industry is looking at folks living up to age 120, 
Okay. So you need a policy that's going to last with you till your age 120. For those of us who can envision what that looks like, I mean, you know, that is the future. We are living longer and healthier at that because we have a lot more knowledge and information as to how do we do that. It's up to us to maintain it, but the information is there. Okay. So the whole life policy was introduced for those who did not like the fact that their money was wasted because they outlived the policy. So they introduced the whole life. Now, because of the permanency of that policy, it's a little bit more expensive than the term policies. Okay. Why is that? Because a portion of the premium that you are paying towards the policy is being removed and put into a savings account that you can access. So no longer is the term, is the policy simply a death benefit, but it becomes a cash value, a cash savings. This is where you can borrow money from when it comes to your children's education, when it comes to purchasing a piece of property, when it comes to uh, growing your business, you always need to borrow funds to do all these things. Why go to a bank when you can go right back into your own personal policy and withdraw the cash value that you've been consistently accumulating over time with the premium that you were paying, okay? It never ends. As long as you make your payments, the policy will last as long as you do. And when you pass away, your beneficiaries will receive that death benefit tax-free. Okay, all of these policies offer what you see in front of you. They all offer a death benefit that is tax free. You do not pay taxes on that hundred thousand dollar life insurance policy or that five hundred thousand dollar life insurance policy that you that you obtain. Your family will receive it tax free. Now, those were part of the insurance features that exist in whole life. There's another type of permanent policy that was introduced even later. That policy was introduced back in the 90s. And if you recall, we talked about insurance industry. They introduced certain insurance uh, policies based on the need of society. So when it was just the only thing they were concerned about is in case the family of the bread earner died too soon, the family needed to have some income to rely on. That was the only concern they had. They came out with term policies. When they realized that families need a little bit more than just the death benefit, they needed to be able to borrow from their own policies since they were putting enough money into it. They needed to make sure that things lasted as long as it did. They came out and they introduced the whole life policies. Okay, but the problem with the whole life policies is that a lot of people realize that they retire at a certain age mostly around the 65 year of age, uh, to find themselves still paying their policies for the next 20, maybe even 30 years, close to 30 years plus, that they still have to pay this policy for the next 30 years when they now are living on a fixed income. So that became a problem for those who own those whole life policies that they did not, they, they had to continue to make that payment. A lot of them begin to develop illnesses and the cash value that they would have access to 
we will not meet their needs when it came to this type of injuries or illnesses. If they needed to borrow a few thousand dollars to make a purchase, that was fine. They could always dip into the cash value. But when you become ill and you have to worry about treatment, you have to worry about medication, you have to worry about a host of other things, that cash value is usually not enough. So folks begin to cry. They needed something better so that if, in fact, they become injured, they're not dead, but they are injured, where will the income come from to sustain their new life? That's when they introduce universal life. Universal life is another type of permanent life insurance. It does not expire on you. But universal means flexible. Whenever you see that word, universal life, universal in the word, it means that policy is very flexible. Flexible in how much death benefit you have. You can start with a certain number and you can increase it or you can decrease it. Okay, you can't do that with the term or the whole life. If you get a hundred thousand dollar term or a hundred thousand dollar whole life policy, that is it. You're not going to get more than a hundred thousand dollars in death benefit going to your beneficiaries if it happens in time, especially if it's a term policy. But if it's a universal policy, you can start with a hundred thousand and it can grow to be five hundred thousand. You can start with five hundred thousand and decrease it to 200,000, okay? In term and whole life, you cannot miss a payment. Every month, your payment is due. Or if you choose to pay annually, every year, your payment is due. You cannot skip a payment in any of those two, the term or the whole life, or else you have lost the policy, okay? That was another thing that folks didn't like about the whole life or the term life, life happens. You might get, um, you know, you might get let go and you take about two months. Lord knows we just experienced something like that with the pandemic. You take three months, four months, five months before you can get back on your feet. And because you've missed one payment you and you've been paying this policy for 10, 15 years up until now, you've lost the policy, okay? The universal life, has a feature that allows you to either skip a payment or two or three or four. It will depend on your particular situation to know how many payments can you skip. Okay. It will, uh, you can pay less than what they ask for. If your payment is 200 a month, but this month you can only put $50, $100, then you can put that in and still have the policy. You cannot do that with the term policy. You cannot do that with the whole life. So when they introduce the universal life policies, they introduce a lot of flexibility for clients. Okay. The other thing that can be, you can stop paying premiums all together with these policies, provided that you have enough cash value growing inside your policies. Again, you may not understand fully how all of these work, but these are the main features of these policies. In your job, remember, we are just simply introducing these concepts, how money really works, how money really works, and what you need to do, where you need to go to get the stuff that you need. But you need to understand this in more details on your own to see exactly how these work, okay? And there are two 
types of universal life policies. There are several universal life policies, to be honest. There is one at the very bottom. You see there is something called fixed universal life, and there's something called indexed universal life. Okay, There's even one more that is not listed here that's called variable universal life. Whenever you see the word universal, you know it's flexible. How flexible? That's your job to figure out, to find out, because the rules are such. All you have to do is learn them and you know, okay, I can do this, I can do that, I can't do this, I can't do that. But it's flexible in terms of how much payment do you have to make every month. It's flexible in terms of how big is the policy going to be at the end. There's a lot of flexibility in it. And with universal life, they introduced the living benefits that we talked about in the beginning, where we talked about life insurance with living benefits, because we know that we can unexpectedly die too soon. We can live a long life, longevity. If that's in your family, then you can almost count that you will have a long life. You will live, if you want to say too long, that's the other thing. But you have to be worried about the if you become ill. And the universal life policies introduced a feature that not only will your beneficiaries be eligible for the death benefit, you as the insured will be eligible to borrow, take out, and I use the word borrow when I say take out money from your cash value because there is a tax advantage feature attached to insurance policies. Remember that Venn diagram. What were the features that the insurance companies offered that made this even more appealing? Okay. It had the protection. It had the tax advantage, which means when you take money out of these policies, whether it's a term, whether it's a whole life, whether it's a universal life, for those that do have money in them, it's all tax-free. It's all has a tax advantage. But you have to still understand the rules. In order for you to obtain the money without having to pay taxes in life insurance, you have to take it out in the form of a loan. Insurance companies have discovered that if they give you access to your own money through a loan process, you can avoid paying taxes. And that's how the tax advantage feature is it belongs to life insurance policies. So you can borrow from your own, meaning that that means if it's your own money, you can either choose to pay it back or you choose to just get that amount deducted from the face amount upon your death. So if you borrowed $50,000 from your own policy because you wanted to avoid the taxes, the company is going to issue you that, that, that check, okay, because they see you do have it in your account but when the time comes, if you haven't paid it back to yourself, because that's who you're paying it back to, okay, if you haven't paid it back to yourself, the company will deduct upon your death, the company will deduct that amount from the death benefit. So if your family was going to get $250,000, but you borrowed $50,000, then you are going to leave for them $200,000, which is okay, because it was for you while you were alive to use it and whatever is left goes to your family. But if you are interested in leaving the full $250,000 as an inheritance, then you do need to pay that money back because that's your goal. It's your goal. You decide. Okay. That's the flexibility that comes with universal life. 
okay? So you have all of these, and there are still others that you have to understand features. There are writers that comes with these policies. Writers is another name for extra features that the policy has. It becomes like an iPhone where the main purpose of it is to make a call, but you can use it as a GPS. You can use it as a camera. You can use it uh, to write as, a, as if you're writing on a notebook. There are so many different features. You can listen to music. The list goes on and on and on. And that's what we've come accustomed to, having one thing that does everything that we need as we go through our daily lives. In the life insurance policies, okay, depending on which one you structure, you can have several different features inside one account that will take care of your needs depending on what that need is when the time comes, okay? So that's the three key. That's Those are the three types of policies, okay? But they fall under permanent or temporary, okay? The only one here that's temporary is the term life, okay? Very inexpensive. The other two fall under the permanent policies, but they have different features. And that's where you become a student of this policy so that you know exactly what feature it has and which one will benefit you above all. Okay. So now here's a little shortcut of what they look like. Term life, whole life, universal life. There are seven features that they all can have. As you can see, the term life only offers three. It's economical and there is a tax-free debt benefit. Okay. The whole life. It's not as economical, but it has the death benefit. It has tax deferred growth. It has guaranteed minimum interest. So out of the seven features, this one has five of them. And then you look at the universal life and you see that out of five, out of the seven features, the universal life has all, has just about six and only missing one. It's not as economical as the term life. Okay, nothing is as cheap as the term life, but it doesn't mean that it's expensive, especially if you do it at a young age when you're when it's pretty inexpensive to put open a policy for yourself. So that's it. That's what you get out of these um, this chart is to look to see how many features do these specific policies offer. Okay, and when the time comes for you to determine how much will you love, will you leave for your loved ones? That's where the income protection option comes in. It's a flexible and secure life insurance planning benefit. You look to your right. It's a way for you to make sure that the family continues to receive your income and then some, if in fact something happens to you. You put down what is the final expense? How much will you need for a final expense? How much will you need to pay off your house? How much will you need to pay off the car? And however many other debts you have, you remember, you're doing that budget. That was what we talked about in the beginning. So you're in control of knowing exactly what that looks like. So when you do the math, that's the lump sum amount that you want your family to receive upon your death if it happens unexpectedly, right? Now you look at, well, you still want them to receive a monthly income from now for the next 10, 20 years. So you create one that pays out the family on a monthly basis tax-free, okay, money for them to sustain themselves. And after all of that is done, you still have an optional final lump sum that you can leave behind for that your wife, your husband, your partner can 
begin to grow their retirement or have a retirement that you all envision. It's, this is a form that you can use to start looking at what exactly can you do to protect your family from any unexpected risk that occurs in your life as you go through this journey. Okay. So you have an IPO to look into. You have this form you can look at. And if you need any additional help to understand exactly how this works, you know where to, you know where to reach me. Tammy at hermanyvoices.org. 646-796-5713. All right. If you have any questions whatsoever, as you know, it's exactly four o'clock. You know, you never have enough time when you're talking about this stuff. It just doesn't work. But I wanted to know if there were any questions whatsoever between car, home, health, phone, TV, laptop, and other electronics. 400 a month on insurance. I even have pet insurance for my dog. Can't believe I never thought about insuring my own human life value. Exactly. That's exactly what it comes down to. We were never taught, taught how to do that. Uh, human life value, thank you for this information. I see. That's it. That's what it's all about, guys. Learning how to properly play the game so that you're not left holding the bag and you could have made different decisions from the beginning that will secure your future. But yeah, we need to start thinking about protecting the biggest player on the field. Okay? Nothing happens without us being protected. Nothing occurs. Okay. So thank you again. Now we do not have class in the next two weeks. So we'll meet each other here again on September 16th. And remember I told you that there was this little box that was in the Venn diagram. We are going to be talking about the very account, the type of product that falls right inside that box. That is for next time. That is, we're going to talk about something called a 7702. Okay, that is a tax code that falls right in the middle of all three institutions. Okay, and we're going to talk about exactly what it does next time. And then you'll see exactly how you're going to win this game. So thank you, everyone, for your attention. I'll see you again in two weeks. Be well, stay safe, talk to you soon. Thank you.